Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Grass and Gravel podcast. Coming up this week, we'll be reviewing the Champions League games as well as the Europa League and Europa Conference League games, as well as we'll be looking at the Premier League's games and FA Cup. I will be your host, Joe, and I'll be joined by our resident and chief editor from the pitch side of Toby and the return of our special guest, Aaron. Hello, hello boys. Hello, hello, everyone. Good to have you back, mate. Welcome back. Uh, pleasure to be back. Thank you for the, the big stage. Thanks for the invite. Always appreciated. So this week, we won't be covering any F1 news because there hasn't been any and there's been no race. So for F1 fans, there may be a few questions at the end, but it will be next week. <laughs> Moving to the football news quite a few news stories especially around Manchester that have happened. The Old Trafford is being redeveloped and they've picked the same architects that redesigned the Tottenham Stadium. Have you got any thoughts on this Toby being a uh, United fan? Yeah absolutely it's, uh, it's long overdue the redevelopment of Old Trafford it's sort of decayed slightly over the years and it's still an impressive stadium but it's you can see the wear on it but it is promising that they've got the uh the tottenham you know architects and i think they're the same builders as well they've got complete it i think the tottenham stadium is probably one of the best in in england maybe in europe so yeah it's it's promising signs it's very early days though isn't it and, uh, like, yeah, yeah no, no plans have been submitted yet no. so who knows what's going to happen and it's long overdue redesign I don't, I don't know it doesn't sound like it's gonna be a whole knock it down and build it again no i think they just need to yeah. sort of bring it into the the modern age a little bit more mm. make sure it doesn't leak the roof do you think it would be bigger do you think it would be a bigger capacity do you think it would be do you think it would be a bigger capacity because it's currently at 74 i don't think no i don't it's not much need really and um yeah, as it is, it's fine. It just needs updating, modernising and fixing the holes. There's also, I suppose, why we're at Manchester, we may as well go on with the second news story, which is probably there's probably a bit more to talk about of this. Man United are on the verge of appointing Ajax man manager Tan Tanhard. Ten Hag? Ten Hag. Uh, yeah. Ten Hag. This is great news. <clears throat> He's a, well, I've been banging on about this for a long time in terms of who I wanted as a manager at Man United. And he sort of fits the profile perfectly. Sort of an up and coming manager for sure. He hasn't really been established a top team for too long. But what he's done at Ajax is very impressive. Got into the semi-finals of the Champions League. He's won uh, the league there um, a couple of times. He'll probably win it again this year. He's done well with a lot of players, brought them in on the cheap and, and improved them. So it's really interesting, um, the signing of Ten Hag. There's a lot of work to do at United. It won't be, you know, fixed in a day or improved in a day. But I feel like with a manager like Ten Hag, it does bring a lot of optimism and, um, yeah, hopeful for the future. Do you think he'll get the time he needs? I'm sure he will. I think we've made the mistake in the past of not permitting managers, you know, enough time to implement their ideas and their tactics. And Well, you gave the last one too much time, arguably. Yeah, nah, I don't know. That's a sticky situation that Oli won. I mean, it went well until it didn't go well, which is like the case of most managers, I guess. But, you know, with that one, there was a lot of, I guess, nostalgia, you could say, with that, that managerial signing. Yeah, that's um, that's but yeah, definitely need like a, a new slate. You need a manager who's got an ethos and a, an actual plan that you can take forward. And hopefully you can target players that suit that and build around that. Uh, it was, he said, um, I think it's been reported that he'll announce it after the uh, Dutch Cup final, which is actually finished now. And the PSV beat Ajax 2-1 actually in that. So 
I don't know, maybe we'll hit an announcement very soon uh, from Ten Hag. Maybe this week, coming up. Yeah, probably. Well, he's rumoured to, I've seen he's been rumoured, if he is to get the United job, he's rumoured to bring a couple of players. um, I think the centre-back, Timber, and also the winger, Antonio. This whole thing always happens, though, doesn't it? When a manager who's already at a club gets, you know, Mm. poached, there's always doing that he's going to bring over player X, player Y. It's never easy. See how often there's usually clauses in these things that players can't join the same club. I think that was similar with when Chelsea got Sarri. They allowed Jorginho, but there was some sort of clause they couldn't get other players. I think they were after Insigne. I think they wanted Higuain at that time. They ended up getting him later on loan. Maybe that's different with Bayek, because they're a selling club. Potentially, potentially, but I still think... Yeah, I I agree. I don't think... I don't think it'll be a mass... You know, Ajax exodus to, to Manchester United. Yeah, I mean, he's an interesting manager in, in many ways. One of the things he's done quite a lot uh, at Ajax is sort of redevelop players and sort of um, mould them into different positions. So, like centre backs become defensive midfielders and so on. So, I, I wonder if he could do that at United. Maybe I don't know, make McTominay a centre back, like he plays for Scotland. Who knows? But yeah, it's definitely exciting. Yeah. Donny Van der Beek will be happy. Probably, yeah. He's yeah. Mm. He's got a coach who, who knows how he plays. Maybe he will actually play. But... Maybe. Well, it depends who who they get rid of. You know, could be a max exodus. There will be a Manchester exodus, United. For sure. Yeah. There's think... a lot of contracts running out anyway. Um, do you think Ronaldo will be included Pogba. in that in that exodus? He's got a year it's left. A, it's, yeah, it's a tricky one. He's got a year left, and he's on high wages. So it's, it depends on who would be willing to pay that wages. There's probably one club, PSG. But other than that, there's really. I don't think there's any other club that he could afford his wages at the moment or who'd want him on those wages. He'd have to take a massive pay cut. But, you know, he, he put, he's playing well for United. He, maybe he doesn't really fit the whole idea of how we want to play. But, you know, he's scoring goals. Without him this season, we'll be out of the Champions League a lot earlier than we were and probably a lot lower in the Premier League. So, I don't know. We'd have to sort of replace that sort of figure, that goal-scoring figure. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, Tan... Hag would be the fifth permanent manager at Old Trafford since Alex Ferguson's retirement in 2013, which is not, that's not an un, un, uncommon number now in football, is it? No, you see more and more managers come in. Uncommon know, for Manchester shorter. United, I suppose. Yeah, historically, yeah, it is. But I don't know. It's it's sort of about, you know, when when he first left, it was trying to find something to replicate that sort of ethos he had than that. You know, command over the whole club and sort of. I think he tried with David Moyes, but yeah, and it, it didn't work. It didn't work at all. And then we tried, like you know, the experience of like Van Hal and you know Mourinho, and for many reasons they they didn't work out at the end. So you know, more younger managers, definitely something that's that sort of fits the bill. That's what we're looking for. Um, and if they can bring exciting football, then Ten Hag could bring exciting football, attacking football. I don't think I could ask for much more. It was him or Pochettino, it seemed like. Do you think it's the right decision instead of Pop? Yeah, there's something about Poch. I do rate him as a manager, but I don't know. I don't think it was the best choice to go to PSG. I know you had to sort of step up after Tottenham to a sort of bigger club, but in pretty much every sense, it hasn't worked out at PSG, whether that be the personnel they have there or other factors. But I don't know. I, I, I rate Poch, but I don't think he brings enough newness if that makes sense he's a little i don't know with ten hog there's a bit of mysterious you know or what could happen with Poch, you sort of know and what you can expect to happen but i do reckon that Poch will go to a big club at some point when he leaves the psg which will be quite soon i imagine imagine at the end of the season That's probably like PSG, yeah. man. moving on 
should we talk about the news that probably shocked a lot of people? Sean Dyche being sacked by from Burnley. Big upset for you, Toby, I presume. Has your yeah. opinion on Sean Dyche been made public on this podcast? No, sure. I don't think it has. Uh, I don't think it has. Not yet. Well, I'll establish it now. I've, I've had a long admiration for Sean Dyche and the work he's done in the Premier League and particularly for Burnley. You know, a meagre budget. He's kept them up, made them competitive, got them to Europe one season. I do think he's one of the best managers uh, yes. this century. Uh, I, believe, I believe you said he was the best Premier League manager of the last, what was it, last decade or so? Yeah. Well, I stand by that. I, th- I he's been he's been good. Right? I think that is an overestimation on, on your part. It depends and... on what your your parameters are for for judging managers. Yeah. If it's on you know resources and how well they can perform with what they have, then he's definitely up there. You know, most top managers get hundreds of millions of pounds to spend. Uh, then I would look at managers like Eddie Howe and argue that you know similar budget, similar resources. Yeah, Eddie Howe did, did a good job as well. I he did a better agree job. Agree with that. Then, uh, well, he went down Dutch. and didn't spend as long in. In the Premier League, perhaps, and you could argue that obviously, I think it is also very harsh that Sean Dyche has been sacked, and I think Burnley will almost certainly go down. Mm-hmm. Well, do they get a point today <clears throat> against West Ham? But, um, I imagine they'll still go down. I don't think they'll catch Everton at this point, but no, especially now. you could argue the second you know decided bringing in you know more quality players, Vercors, Cornet, did he get the best out of them? Well, that's a good question, but arguably, he also, no, he also arguably, lost one of his maybe, best strikers you know. as well in uh, Chris Wood who for him has been reliable and got double digits in the Premier League. I know this year it wasn't that great for him, but in general, he's, he's been great for them. True, and, but he got, they lost you know, him and he replaced him with, you know, uh, yeah, Vercors the is European, good, but... the Champions League level. You know, he was playing in the Champions League not long ago, Vercors. Played well, had a good Euros, got a few goals. He wasn't that informed when, when he signed for Burnley, or else he wouldn't have gone to Burnley. I don't know. It takes a while for players to, you know, get into the, into the league, embed themselves into the team. So I don't think you can blame on that. I, I feel like the, the board just panicked a little bit. Obviously. I'm playing devil advocate a bit here. It's a massive mistake to second. It is, but, it is, it is. And, his, his record in the in the championship is second to none. And I think three seasons with Burnley in the championship, twice he got 93 points for them. So, you know, if they do go down, the best manager to get them back up would be Dyche. Yeah, no, so I think his, his, his next job will be a Premier League job, though. I don't think he'd... I reckon he should go to, for Everton. Exactly. You're not big yeah. on Frank Lampard, but no, um, no, not at all. I think that's a bit harsh. I think it's not this, but I, uh, I don't think Lampard will get sacked um, uh, anytime soon. Yeah. To be honest, so I think Everton will be safe now, and I think he'll get some time at the start of next season to to give it a go, with, a proper go of Everton. Um, yeah, well, if they stay up, I don't think he'll get sacked. I agree with you, but I do think you know someone. Window. I could see him being like, I don't know who the equivalent will be. Because Watford will probably go down. So maybe I could see Fulham sacking their manager early on next season. I could see Dyche going there potentially. But I, I think he'll be, he'll be at that sort of, that sort of level of, of club, you know, maybe an early sacking. I think someone will, will go for Dyche. Yeah, it's take the over. first managerial appointment of next season. That's a, yeah, I, I, I rate that that prediction. Unless he decides to take yeah. a bloke. But he doesn't, uh, he doesn't strike well, he me as the type it. that I would want. He's been at it was at Burnley for ten years since twenty twelve, which was the longest about any Premier League manager. Then the second is Klopp. He's He'd signed a new contract as well, quite lucrative. Nice, yeah, yeah, about a year ago yeah. or so. So it's a little bit of a shock. Yeah. I just feel like they panicked a bit because they're in the relegation zone. But yeah, I think it's the last we'll see of Burnley in the Premier League for a long time. I don't think they'll bounce back. I think they'll lose. It's Cornet really hard to tell. And it's really hard to tell. Players. It's yeah, it doesn't make much sense in a lot of ways. 
but who knows if they get a half decent manager and they you know invest some of that parachute money then they might come back but possibly yeah, possibly it would have been easier with Daesh for sure well i suppose it trends with Burnley now where do they actually go for a manager now or do they wait till the summer and just stick with like a interim manager for the last mm-hmm. couple of games or do they try and get someone like Sam Allardyce I don't know well there's seven games left so it's not long for any manager to come in and work their magic so I don't know maybe they've maybe they realize that they're going to go down and maybe they're going to look more for the future or maybe they're going to sort of like roll the dice and get someone like Allardyce or somebody who can try and maybe keep them in the Premier League uh, with the games left to play but it's a hard one. I'm not sure where their heads are at the moment. I'm not sure even Burnley fans know. Um, I guess only time will tell on this one. Well, I think uh, you you've got to see it as a roll of the dice if you're sacking your manager now. If you get if he st- if Sean Dyche stayed and then they got sat then he got sat when they got relegated, then yeah, you could understand it. But yeah, it's like they're trying to do something to stay in the Premier League. Be interesting one to watch, I think. But and a little too late, I think. There. A little bit too late. Yeah, I don't think Burnley yeah, were going to stay do. up either way. I think they they've been riding, you know, the edge for I think the past what, eight seasons, probably flirting with relegation. And obviously, they have pulled it off, and that's been incredible. But I think it was really Everton. You know, Everton was, was their main candidates, but they've it seemed was, to think, pick up a little bit of form. Yeah, that win against United for Everton is really, I think, has saved their their blushes this season. Yeah. One of United's many mistakes. <laughs> well, well, we'll get to United, um, I'm sure, mm, you know, from a yeah, football sure perspective, will. but. I say, uh, from moving from up management, should maybe have a quick look into ownership of Chelsea. Haven't featured this in a couple of weeks. One of the leading consortiums has pulled out the Ricketts family. Um, not many Chelsea fans were too pleased with their bid, so a lot of Chelsea fans are quite happy. I would say that these are pulled out. Yeah, no, it does. I, I think it's good would credit. It does show that you know we talk a lot about it in times of you know fans being taken out of the game and it's being driven by money. But I think the, there was a big say no to Ricketts campaign. There's a few protests outside of the Stamford Bridge at a couple of games. So, What was the issue then? It was a bit dodgy. Uh, the patriarch of the Ricketts family, who mm-hmm. I don't think was going to be involved with Chelsea, but I mean, you never know with, with families, do you? Um, is a big Islamophobe, like said very, uh... very horrible things towards towards Islam and well, you know, there's a lot of Muslim players at Chelsea. It's a big Muslim following as well. There's a lot of fans, and obviously that's not what yeah. you want. R- so. Rudiger's Muslim, isn't he? Uh, yeah, Rudiger, Kante. It's quite, there's a few of them, I think. Um, yeah, I think there's so, like four, I think. Yeah. Hakim Ziyech and Malang Saar, I think, is the other one. Mm. Well, it's understandable that they so, yeah, forced there's, out of the negotiations. Yeah, officially it was because they couldn't... I mean, it was financial reasons, the reason they gave, but... Uh, I suspect that the finances could have been sorted out had the the press their their PR essentially been handled better. But they were always the least favourite to Monster Fangs, and I think that's probably what's decided to to force them out of the bidding. But at least three people left. It all seem a bit much of the same to me. I don't have the greatest. They're all very rich American people. I'm sure they'll all be roughly similar. I don't see too much difference between any of them from my fairly uneducated financial eye, but Hopefully sooner rather than later, one of them will be will be chosen and it will go through smoothly. Our, my, yeah, yeah. our inside source at, uh, in the finance world seems to think Stephen Pagduka is going to be the favourite. Okay. Um, does, he own, does he own any other like teams? He owns Atalanta, which would be a problem. So, but he did. Atalanta. Do, 
Uh, yeah, initially. Yeah, okay. Um, Wait, so I think he would have to sell his shares in that club, though. I'm not sure. I think he would because... Or at least the, the majority rules, shares. Yeah, uh, he would have to reduce his shares at least. I think he would have to give it all of them. I'm not Because it's Champions League. Would, come out, um, I think, because that's like, I think before the Leipzig game, maybe, in the Europa League, he came out and said he was you know, going to stick with the, the club. So I'm not hmm. sure how that's going to work, but we'll see. We'll see. I suppose we'll see. They're still, yeah, they all seem very good. I'd be happy with any of the three that are left, to be honest. Money's money. Money's money, and they all seem. They've all said the right things publicly. They're all keen to redevelop the stadium. They're all keen to keep Chelsea on as a you know a winning club, and they all want to back Tuchel and back the club. It seems so. Yeah, all the trigger words that you say. All the trigger words are being used, when you which, buy a club. which you know. <laughs> They all have this to say those fans, things, not but, for me. but you know, the things that, you know, the Glazers never said, and by all accounts, there's going to be no debt financing, which is what happened. That's true. United. That's the, so that's, that's the, the big that's thing the, as well. Yeah. That's the main thing. So I think, it, it, I, think it's, I think it's going to end quite positively for, for Chelsea in, in the long run. But the, the least you can ask for is having owners that can afford what they're buying. Exactly. And it seems like which, we should get yeah. many days. The people in contention here all seem to be. Although there's about 15, 20 odd people involved in some of these bits now. So the the, the consortiums are, are going by the day. Yeah, George Osborne, the former Chancellor of the Exchequer, who got there for an art history degree, uh, <laughs> is involved in the Todd Bowley bid, I think. So, and Sebco, was he? Yeah, Sebco's, I think, in the, in the Harris Blitzer bid. Everyone's, they're all just. Getting, getting everyone anybody with half a name yeah. anyone with half a name and got some loose connection to Chelsea because I think both of those are season ticket holders seems to uh, seem to be getting on board squeezing so, the deal yeah it won't be a one man show like it was under Abramovich it'll be a, a 30 a, 30, 40, <laughs> a whole playing squad on the board <laughs> yeah yeah it looks like it looks like it's going to be good uh hopefully it will be a good run for Chelsea and um yeah they all seem to they all have said that they want to back Tuchel in this summer give them money to spend and um I think they've all been checked for debts none of them have outstanding debts and the UK government has approved well did approve all four bids so I think it should go through Is that I think they're meant to I announce thought it happens after doesn't it well, I think they've they've unofficially said they've like they I mean, they, they wouldn't they wouldn't stand in the way of whoever. Yeah, as long as there was you know nothing blatantly nefarious, nefarious, which Wrong. doesn't seem to be. Should we uh, should we move to the should, should we move to actually talking football games and uh, Champions League? Let's do it. That's what we're here for. Should we stay with Chelsea and uh, talk about their almost? Perfect comeback against Real Madrid. What a so, game! The game was a great game. Three two in the end mm. after yeah. extra time. As a neutral, I really enjoyed this. I'm not sure about you guys. As a fan, as a Chelsea fan, I hated it. it was... oh, for parts of it, you must. Have oh, for it. up to I think what was it the eightieth <laughs> of minute? Oh, yeah. it was, it was brilliant. Yeah. It was fantastic. And then, I mean, Luka Modric is. I mean, he's one of the best midfielders of all time. I think. So I don't know. Benjamin, I don't think. Benjamin, I'm over, I don't think I'm overstating it with with that. With no, that. no, I agree, I agree with you. Ballon d'Or winner. I mean, that pass was. I can't remember. I mean, I mean, I've only been watching football. You know, what, 15, 17, 18 years? I don't know. I'm twenty five, but and obviously much more people have been watching football much longer. But I've never seen a better pass outside no. of the foot. Has to get all of the power, has to weight it perfectly, puts it on an absolute plate. 
for Rodrigo and undefendable really that's beautiful Travella it reminded me of a Charisma's goal for Portugal it was a shot not like a pass but you know that outside of the boot Hmm. it always looks better on the outside of the boot doesn't it it does because just the way it moves and sort of curls and it landed well pretty much perfectly to Rodrigo and just the finish was equally quite impressive what a goal what a goal one upset as well and then Benzema came along and you know yeah, extra times, extra diving players were getting tired, and it was to be fair, those were the only real two chances Madrid had. We were, yeah, you kept them quite quiet. We absolutely deserved to go through, but it was the quality of, of Modric and Benzema, as so often for Real Madrid over the past past few well, seasons, Benzema, is, is what's pulled pulled them through. Experience. Mm. Well, Benzema's I mean, goal was Rudiger slipped. Um, in front yeah. Of him. Yeah, that was his only mistake of the whole game, Rudiger, I must admit. He was pretty good. Um, uh, the, whole, the whole Chelsea team was very good. I've never been more proud to of, of the team when they've lost. I don't... Do you think it was a little bit too late, though, in terms of the first leg? It was I mean, yeah, of, the first leg obviously didn't better. go well. The first, the first half, I would say, the first leg. Even in the second Especially half, the first home. leg. I mean, Lukaku should have scored in, in the first leg. I think Pulisic again at the, in the end of normal time in this game. So Chelsea, I would say Chelsea were the better team over the two legs. Um, except it was just that first half that really we fell apart. And then obviously the mistake by Mendy, but that's, I mean, you can't really account for that. Maybe a slight experience happen. as well in those situations helps, you know, a lot of the Real Madrid players. Possibly. I mean, I don't think there's years. a more experienced team in Europe than Real Madrid. So I don't know if no, anyone can compete with I them on that, that. on that front. But um, no, terrific game. I mean, you have to get credit to Madrid as well to Especially some Madrid, Christian Benzema for you know when yeah, they when yeah. you know they could have completely crumbled after Werner's goal. Werner also had a very good game and seems to be back on form. I agree with you on that. He does. He looked pretty good actually. I remember uh, giving him um, play of the week actually on the last podcast. But no, he's he's played well. But you know, full full credit to Madrid. They they didn't not deserve to go through. But I think you know if your game was played on paper, Chelsea would deserved it more. Unfortunately, though, for for myself, the game is not played on paper. So Chelsea are out. Yeah, it was a very uh, emotional, <laughs> emotional game. Well, up and down emotional for a Chelsea fan. But yeah, it was Did one of the greatest games. No, it's didn't. a sort of game that makes you realize yeah. why you love football. Though. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those sort of games. I mean, for a neutral, it had everything for yeah. me. It's a sort of game that I would show someone who didn't like football to get them to like football. Yeah, yeah. Should we uh, stay in Madrid and move to Atletico Madrid versus Man City? Ended nil nil. Man City went through on their one goal advantage. This was quite a, a dull game until the 89th minute. It was until the fight broke out. And it all, it all kicked off. After Savage went Savage. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of what you expect from Atletico. They sort of sit, sat back, you know, even though they needed a goal, they, they want to concede more. And they sort of made the game a bit dull. City didn't have much threat going, you know, penetrating forward. But I don't know, at the same time, they didn't really do anything. It was all onus was on Atletico and Atletico didn't really, I don't know, try too much. No, it was just um, one shot on, on target for both teams during the game. But there was a big chance, I think it was for Correa at the end. It was a decent save by Edison. Yeah. Apart from that, I mean, the game was, was largely overshadowed by by the, the shithousery, essentially, <laughs> that, that took place yeah. at the end again. Atletico, who are, you know, masters of the dark arts, they say. I don't buy this talk of, oh, it's horrible and we don't want to see that because it's, it's I think it's a bit more high horsey for my liking. But, uh, um, yeah, I agree with you on that. You, you know, know they have every right to play football however they like. There's no wrong way to play football. And exactly. They choose yeah. to play it, you know, 
defensive and solid and, you know, throwing a bit of the dark right. arts, which, you know, I to be fair, the bit of the match that, you know, was the most entertaining was from the 89th minute onwards. And even after the, the fight had settled down, you know, I think Atletico had about four or five shots where they could have scored. Yeah. So definitely it picked up the, the pace of the game as well. It makes the uh, the dark arts, if we're calling it, it uh, makes it a little bit more entertaining because, I mean, Rudiger gets a, does this a lot and gets away of it a lot. But Yeah, you get players that, yeah, that, that, it, that you know, partake and, and get away with it. And I think it's it's fine. I don't have a real problem with it. Nothing weird, nothing like, I don't know, there was Savage arguably headbutted Raheem Sterling, but I think it's quite generous to call it a headbutt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which you don't want to see like physical, you know, punches or, or anything like that being thrown. You don't want them to cross that line too far. But it was it's just, you know, it's a classic it was a classic footballer fight of a lot of pushing and shoving and literal hair pulling at one point, I suppose. But <laughs> yeah. 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 Not quite WWE. It's not quite WWE. <laughs> so the uh so last game of oh not what, the other game on that same day was Liverpool versus Benfica, which was actually a good game to watch, free all. So it ended 6-4 on aggregate for Liverpool. Yeah, but it never really could... lined up, though, where Liverpool were in any danger. I think they went 3-1 up. Um, Quite comfortable, wasn't yeah. it? Just going into the game. Yeah. They've made a lot of changes as well for that game. Yeah, Milner yeah, was playing. Gomez are right back. I mean, it was a good game for, like, you know, just excitement-wise. Benfica did quite well and you know, bringing it back a little bit and showing some mm. character. It's a good showcase but... for David Nunes, who will almost certainly be on the move in the summer. Darwin Lewis, yeah. Darwin Lewis, mm. Yeah, he's class, he's class. He's, he's, I think we spoke about him in a couple of episodes ago. I don't know where he's going to go, maybe the Premier League. Sort of player United sort of, could use, I think. Yeah, I feel he's sort of like a, a youthful Cavani, sort mm. of uh, that sort of player. But yeah, bright future. I think he's got a £60 million release clause as well, which is not, not too expensive in the great scheme of things. Actually, Benfica in general have got quite a lot of good young players coming through. No, they they had a good good run. I think they've fallen off a bit in in the Portuguese league, but they, they, yeah, they but to, to get to this stage, it's impressive. No, they did, they did, they did full credit to them for sure, for sure. And so you know, they got a draw at Anfield, which not every far easier said than done. Yeah, oh, definitely. The uh, other last Champions League game was Bayern Munich versus Villarreal. Was a uh, good big upset. By Emery, yeah, big another upset big from... upset from them. Mm-hmm. You seem to be making a habit of it, Villarreal. You know, Emery is a master, know, of, master of European yeah. competitions. Yeah, he's just, he's, I don't know, he's like evolving like a Pokemon, getting better of every evolution of every team. And it's great to watch. He's a, he's a really good manager. I don't think he had, you know, much love when he was at Arsenal. But, you know, since then, he's proved that he's, he's, he's you know, he's great. He's got a lot of uh, tactical nous. You know, beating Bayern with Villarreal, nobody could have predicted that. Nobody. And over two legs, it's just crazy. Um, Real Madrid, not Real Madrid, so uh, Bayern Munich just didn't look great at all. No, they've not fallen off a cliff. That's probably a bit too bit too much. But they have definitely dropped off their form since the group stage, really. Mm. Uh, they've not been particularly great. Nagelsmann, whatever. Yeah, he's, he's not few... as good as Flick as the, the former manager. A lot of people are saying. Yeah, I think it's probably it's still quite early days, and he's still a very young manager. And I think it's I think it's the sort of growing pains that United will have to get used to under Ten Hag as well. Although Ten Hag is a year older than Guardiola, so he's not that young. Yeah, he's, he's in his fifties. Mm, but I suppose young in terms of quite yeah. the elite management stage. Exactly. Um, I feel like 
Bayern Munich just underestimated Villarreal. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think it's the same thing Juventus did. And I, 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 I thought, I thought Villarreal were going to go out to Juventus. I thought they were going to go out to Bayern Munich, mm. and I think they're going to go out to Liverpool. But they seem to be. Don't put your money on it, mate. Yeah, it's mean. not one I'd, I'd, I'd put a bet on for sure. So not an easy task for Liverpool. Um, they seem to be very good at dealing with teams who like to control games. Liverpool love to control games. So mm, mm. Definitely it'll be a great game. And I think they'll go full focus into into Champions League now. They're like seventh or something, aren't they, in, in La Liga? So yeah, they're out of the running. They're essentially a ban. I think they made actually 11 changes for their La Liga game before this. So I don't think they'll have to be worried about injuries or anything like that for their, for their starting lineup. Well, this is everything for Villarreal. Like a couple of seasons ago, they were, I think they were in the relegation zone. So, you know, to be here in the, the, the semi-finals of the Champions League is incredibly impressive. No, it's, it's very good. Although they are probably well, underperforming in, in the league. I did hear somewhere that they had the fourth highest wage bill. So they're not the, you know, they're not the poorest club in... Yeah, but traditionally... Like, they're, traditionally, they're, they're small and they come from a small town. and it, it's, Small neighbours of Valencia, yeah. just up the road. So they so, are, they yeah. have grown in stature following, following Unai Emery's showing up there, basically. I think a lot of the credit does have to go to That's him. That's great to him. Good mm. signings as well, a lot of sort of... Mm, a lot of intelligent signings, yeah. Yeah, which turned out well. It's a good uh, sort of Premier League, where are they now? Especially Spurs yeah. players, where are they now, actually? Yeah, there's and a so, few of them, actually. Yeah. But they all, all yeah seem to find found found a good home for themselves. I hope yeah. they don't get too yeah. uh, ransacked, but I imagine they will in the summer. Those, like, I don't Quaze know. And, I don't know. I could see Dan Juma getting yeah, poached. maybe maybe a few of them, but not all of Pal them. Torres that young. Maybe Pal Torres might leave, but you know the the core of the team was like late twenties, early thirties. That's true. That's true. Like Parejo as well, especially, and I don't know. I think they'll be fine, to be fair. Yeah, and they'll be up to they'll be up to strengthen with the money they receive from from getting through in this competition. That's true. And who knows? Maybe they'll maybe they'll go all the way. You never know. Yeah. Well, they they did have a good season last season as well because they won the Europa League against United. And yeah, this could yeah, have been you, Toby, been... if David de Gea just scored that penalty. It could have been. On, it wasn't meant to be on such you know, tender threads. Some things are oh. it's not going to happen. So on Thursday night we had had some cracking games actually. Um, in the Europa League compared to the first round. Probably highlight is uh, Barcelona getting knocked out by Frankfurt, 3-2. Yeah, Frankfurt are quite a decent team. You know, Barcelona went very much in a transitional period. They've had good moments. The signings they have made have been quite good under Xavi, but they're definitely far away from the Barcelona that we know and expect them to be. So it wasn't too much of a shock for them to lose to Frankfurt. But uh, I'd still say it was an upset. Barcelona were in very good yeah. form prior to this. Uh, to this tie against Frankfurt. Obviously, that was the league of form mostly, so perhaps European form can be fairly yeah. different to, to how you perform in the league. But I, yeah, they got I some good results. Have, you know, you would have expected Barcelona to to comfortably beat Frankfurt. I think before the before the tie started. Maybe, maybe I don't know. After that first leg, I wasn't too convinced in them. They seem to rely a lot on Aubameyang's goals. That's um, true. He missed Europe. a few big chances, and he got sent off. At, he got not sent off. Um, taken off Substance when they were looking for a goal. Which I thought was quite surprising move by Xavi. They brought on Depay, I believe. To, mm. to, yeah, sure. He's got the penalty. But yeah, I don't know. It's you can't really judge them too much because then they're, they're still in the rebuilding process. It's quite a good final four, actually. I think for the Europa League, got some some British. Uh, yeah, good some Rangers and West Ham up there. Yeah, full yeah. could be all German or all British or Rangers. Agree, have done very well, especially. But 
Oh yeah, they they actually won in the uh, Scottish Cup semi final today against Celtic two one, mm. a late own goal from Starfield. Um, so that's good to see for them. Yeah, uh, the league... has done very well since he's. Uh, yeah, okay. although they they've lost the league though, which is. They have. You know, but... if they win, if they win the Europa League, I think I think, okay. I think that's worth like say, yeah, that's worth like ten. You know, Scottish Premier Leagues. At least. But I I can't see them beating Leipzig. They're in good form. In, in Germany as well. Probably the form team in Germany. 100%. I said the, the winner out of that, le- out of that leg would, would go on to win the competition. Yeah. So my bets are West Ham, you know, I would have a good game. They're playing well in Europe. Well, draw against Burnley today, but I think sort of similarly, I think they said so we were talking about Villarreal. I think West Ham I feel like will be wise to put all their eggs in. A, possibly. I don't think, I think it's trouble to make a case for Rangers, which may be a bit harsh from me, but mm-hmm. I don't. It's unlikely. Uh, yeah, it would be a big upset, I think, if, if Rangers beat Leipzig. But in Europe, they played very, very well um, as a team. So who knows? Yeah. West Ham, maybe the inexperience of Europe would be the only thing that would, would go against them, I would say, on paper. Frankfurt. And maybe or, lack of squad depth as well. Possibly, possibly. They have to keep their key players fit. Have to keep Declan Rice fit, for sure. Yeah, and Antonio, yeah. most of the, the core. But yeah, Leipzig are definitely my favourites to win. Spicing up that tournament now. I think it's, it was a little bit on simmer now. It's starting to actually uh, spice up a little bit. Even the Conference League, actually, to be fair, the semi-finals look. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I was just going to move on. Just going to move on to that Conference League. So the semi-finals would be Leicester versus Roma and Feyenoid versus... Yeah, Marseille cracking goal from Jimmy Pyatt from Marseille. I don't know if you've seen it, but it is. He's got it in his locker, isn't it's he? At it's Pukas winning worthy. Absolutely. It's up there. Yeah, it's definitely absolute beauty of a goal. He's just a great player to watch. Pyatt, you know that brief spell in the Premier League is mm. his mastery, mm. his artistry. That's a word. You know, his free kicks and set pieces, especially, were phenomenal. Yeah, I my money would be on Marseille for the Conference League. I think it's a tough one to call. It is, on it's one. tough one. They're all quite evenly matched. I think on paper, Roma, you'd probably say are the most sort of. They started the competition very yeah, poorly, as favorites, Roma, but they've. But I mean, they've picked up yeah, massively. Four 0 win. Mourinho time wasting at four 0 up. Yeah, something never change. In Syria, they're doing quite well in terms of form as well. Yeah, Tammy Abraham's having a very good season though. He is. He is actually. Three I point was a bit Tammy, critical of him at first, him, but well, they call him in Italian. But yeah, yeah, I don't know what the translation for that would be. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I think he's got 15 goals in the league, so that's pretty good for his debut season in Syria. No, very good, very good. So, games, and games, games were fortunate for sure. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I can't call a winner from that one. Mm. What do you think of the I, Conference I, League? Do you think it's been a? I, you know, a lot of people sneered at it. I don't like if it's called the Conference League, but I think I think it's, it's been a quite successful. Name. It's it's in its inaugural season in terms of, you know, clubs like Bodo Glimt have you know done very well, and it gives you know Leicester City potential, you know, a European trophy. Nothing just near that. Yeah, for sure. No, I do like it a lot. It, I, I hate the name. It reminds me of the fifth tier. In it is odd that they called it the Conference League. They could, uh... But yeah, the purpose of it is quite good. You know, mm. to give more competitive edge to the teams that would never get into Europe or, exactly. or the, even the Champions League. So yeah, it's got merit. It's it's probably grown prestige as the years go on. We've had a few games in the Premier League, not a full round of fixtures because of the FA Cup, but I suppose we would start with Tottenham versus Brighton. Brighton getting a last minute uh, winner. 
Mm, Spurs try, are going to Spursy it. What they're going to try to, it seems like. Mm, I don't know. They seem to be in good form prior to this game, Tottenham. But with you know Tottenham, it's very wishy washy. So one week it's good, one week it's bad. They're so playing, know. yeah, very well, or or not. There's a, they they don't seem like a team that can eke out a a, a win yeah. when they're not playing well. But in in their defence, I feel like they're maybe two or three signings away from being actually quite a competitive team. I mean, there's definitely a, a few a positions they need to strengthen. Um, but in terms of Brighton, they've, they've definitely broken their duck of not winning game in April because it's two, two in the month. Ah, now. two on the bounce against both in, in North London. Well, actually, was this one in Brighton? So, well, against North uh, London, this one, this one's, at least. This was at uh, Spurs Ground. Oh, yeah, so, both yeah, in North London then. So, happy hunting ground for, for Brighton, it seems. I just want to shout out Moises Caicedo. Uh, the Ecuadorian for Brighton. He looks really good, actually. Him and Enoch Wepu look really good, actually. They're, they're very youthful midfielders. They brought in. That's a club who um, bought very well in the last few seasons. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think when you get Potter in, you've got that expectation of astute signings, and that's definitely been the case. Mm, he's um, been a, a very good manager. I think he'll be at a, I don't know, bigger clubs, or I think it's quite harsh to say, but I think he'll, he'll definitely... Find his I way think, up up the league at another club um, eventually. I think he's the only English manager that I can think of as the potential to be truly world class. Other than maybe Steve Cooper, formerly of Swansea fame, and England under twenty ones, who's now at Forest. He's only, yeah, Forest are doing very well. Quick now, Forest. I think yeah. they mm. come from nowhere to promotion candidates very quickly. That's all Cooper, 100%. 100%, 100%. He's a great manager. I hope they do get promoted. Traditionally historic, historic. Yeah, yeah. It'd be good to see them. On Champions League, it'd be good to see them back for sure. Definitely. Unlikely, I don't know what the, the, they were in. The, uh, but on Brighton, I think, yeah, good progress from last season. Hopefully, for their sake, they can keep a lot of their key players. But to be fair, every time they seem to, to lose a player, they lost uh, Ben White to Arsenal, but they seem to always be able good to replace them yeah. as well and usually replace them on their cheap. So I good, don't think they'll, good, uh, really, recruitment. I think they'll struggle anytime soon. No, for sure. For but sure. It's like no one wants this top four race, this um, this top four with like Tottenham. Tottenham lost and then Arsenal have lost as well. And Tottenham were like the favourites to get it last week and now... It them lose and opens it back up. It's it's oh. a good, yeah, it's good contest it to watch. Like the top the top three is pretty much locked in. I think you would say this. Yeah, point. there were some question marks about Chelsea, but I think it's pretty much yeah, recent now. form. Not just of Chelsea, but I think oh, sporadic form of everyone else. Chelsea have picked up, and everyone else seems to be a bit Sweet on and off. Conversation, yeah. Um, so I think they'll be fine. But for fourth place, it seems like nobody wants it. West Ham have dropped out of it. United have obviously they they won at a weekend, but. Terrible on a form now. Arsenal and Spurs. Arsenal have lost what, three on the bounce, two on the bounce. Yeah, then terrible. Three, form the it's three on the bounce. Three on the bounce, and the Spurs have just lost. Uh, I I still reckon Spurs will get it. That would be my my pick if I had to choose a team right now. But I would. It doesn't seem like nobody wants it. We're just being polite, I think. So you go first. <laughs> so consider. <laughs> <laughs> you could have Champions League. Uh, well, yeah, ideally, uh... it would be a big blow, I think, for United if they don't. End up oh, in yeah, the Champions for sure. League. For sure. um, it wouldn't be the end of the world because I feel like we're going to go through a slight rebuilding phase. But from the recruitment we've done and everything, it's it's not great. No, but it Ronaldo is, would not yeah. stay if we we're in the Europa League. No, I can't. I can't for sure. Saying. Definitely will say you end up in the Conference League, which isn't an impossibility no. by any stretch no, of yeah. imagination. And I think for most clubs, if in that situation and miss out on Champions League, they have to sell. But I think you know, obviously, United's finances are quite quite strong so they wouldn't have to do that but I don't know about Tottenham with their stadium that they built recently if they miss out 
I don't know how much um, emphasis yeah, yeah. And I think on it will, to achieve If it. they miss out as well, I think, you know, players like Kane, players like Son, a lot of their key men will... A lot of question marks, yeah. Yeah, I think it will be far more important for Tottenham um, than it is for United in terms of the, the short term. Definitely. Possibly, possibly. But, uh, yeah, we've while we're on United and that, we might as well talk about United's win over Norwich, which Norwich actually did well to come back to 2 all. Yeah, Norwich Never actually played really well off. in that game. It's, um, Dean Smith, I mean, it's a little bit too late for them, but, you know, for most teams, beating Norwich is like an easy affair. I mean, they are comfortably the worst team in the league. Yeah, quite comfortably. Um, yeah. But not when you play United. And the <laughs> roles switch over. <laughs> Everyone plays, looks like they play well against United. Uh, I feel like when we came into this game, the setup was a little bit, you know, wrong in a way. Uh, we didn't really have any defensive midfielders or anybody. I guess Pogba was the most defensive out of the three that we Did had you? in midfield. But I, d- not, I don't know. You need a defensive midfielder against Norwich. Uh, most most teams don't play with defensive Well, it helps for the balance, at least. I, I mean, suppose. But I feel like there's other solutions you, you could have employed. I just, United are... Uh, I mean, you won this game, and, and obviously, you know, Ronaldo scored a hat trick, and it's great. And him yeah. and Elanga did the celebration yeah. together, and, and all that. And he hasn't broken a kid's phone, and this is all wonderful news. But Not it's, week, yeah. it's, I mean, it's just a disaster, isn't it? You know, at the moment. It's not great. We have to rely on Ronaldo's brilliance um, to rescue us. Uh, Elanga and Ronaldo were, were very good um, in this game, but they were the only players who were remotely decent. Um, so it's, it's a bit of a shame. You'd think that Norwich have nothing to play for, but they had real character and they, they played really well, especially on the counter. So, you know, for when they go down, which they, they definitely will. Mm-hmm. Um, and they almost certainly get it. promoted next season. Yeah, the, yeah. the ultimate yo-yo club. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Them and it's, Fulham got, will forever change places. Trade places. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they've, they've got a team already for the championship, so they'll be fine. Um, United basically got the same level of players. Championship worthy. Um some of you, I don't, know. I don't know. Harry Maguire's form is, I mean, much ridiculed. Yeah, but I think he's not the only one having a terrible season. David Gea, I'd say, is the only one in the United who can really say he's he's been a d- decent most of the time. Yeah, he's yeah, one they wheel out awful. as well. Every time you do have a major major defeat, it's always a yeah. He's always, always him the in front of the, the cameras. Yeah, he should be captain, hundred percent. No way, it should be Maguire. That's one of the worst mistakes we've made in years. Do you think Maguire will survive the Ten Hag? No, right. yes, or do you yeah, think I think he will. I think it'll be a point of interest. I don't think it'll be anything to do with Ten Hag on this one. Although I would love to give Ten Hag full reins. There's no way we'll get rid of Maguire. I'll be very curious how much control Ten Hag just get at United because it seems Ajax is, you know, it seems like he's got a lot of control at Ajax, or at least a very good relationship with like Van der Sar and the people at the top. So that, yeah, yeah, but you know that. I mean, we've talked about yeah, United's so- mess on the pitch, off the pitch is not not much better. It's one of the worst run clubs in the country, that's for sure. Um, you know, the wins we do get are through like individual bits of brilliance, but you know, they're so fleeting and there's so little connection between the players on the pitch and the ideology. I don't blame Ralph really because you know he came in as a very difficult yeah. job. And he's not really a manager season. these days, no, it's sort of a, a weird thing. Well, okay. at the time, I thought it was a great choice, and I, I it's a good choice on paper, yeah. I don't but... regret it either. Like, I mean. We needed someone just to fill the void until the season ended and, you know, Ten Hag comes in and, you know, start fresh. Mm. Um, I think it's going to be but, sort of Palace levels of turnaround, though. Ten, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's 10 players out, 10 players in, sort of transfer window for United. Possibly. Yeah, I know there's, 
Lingard's going to go. Pogba's going to go. Matter's going to go. Matt even like players go. like Rashford, Ronaldo, Fred. There's a lot of question marks around them. Uh, I don't know. Probably not Maguire, you would say, but Eric Bailly, players yeah. like that. I've, Alex Tellez, I don't know if he'll survive. He's all right, Alex Tellez. I think nah, he will survive. Not great, though, is he? Nah, he's not United quality. <laughs> no. I don't know. There's, we can't get rid of 10 players in one window. Ideally, we could, but... Uh, well, we Palace might. have done it, and they've done... They did okay. Lost today to Chelsea in the, in the semi-final, which we'll get to later, but... Palace yeah, but Pal- Palace had a lot of players whose contracts are running out of, like... I know we've got our players in that situation, but, you know, like Tellers and Fred and stuff, they've got years in the contract, and nobody's going to pay them or pay their wages, so I think we'll be stuck with quite a few players. I think it'll be a couple of years until we sort of see a full transition team um that's true although you've been in transition for i mean since Turkey left really yeah trust the process it's <laughs> a long transition the endless process yeah yeah we'll that uh, three, it'll um, be good when you do three, because you know as much as you know we all see rival banter and all that but it's, you want as many teams as possible at the top yeah. of the game because it makes a more interesting league it's the credit to the Premier League being the yeah. most competitive league. That's At the moment, City and Liverpool and then sort of Chelsea in a weird sort of middle zone on their own. And then you've got sort of Arsenal, Spurs, United, West Ham, you probably chuck in there as well. Mm. But mm. yeah, it's, it's mostly more entertaining as the closer teams are. So It's going to be a big summer for United, that's for sure. Mm, definitely, definitely. I think there's going to be some big summers up and down the Premier League with certain clubs, even... Leaving with like Chelsea and that, I reckon Chelsea, the new owners and that, there might be a few transfers of players in and out. And... Possibly, I don't think we'll see anything major at Chelsea in terms of maybe like they one or two signings. I think there's a lot of like Conor Gallagher, minor Boer can fill voids that if if players do leave. So I don't think will be yeah. many. There'll be like changes, I guess, in terms of there'll be sort of new players for the Chelsea first team. But I don't expect us to be too busy in the in the transfer market. Might, might need a defender. Just yeah, I was going to say, maybe uh, Yeah, possibly, possibly. Players like Jules can take it in linked and, and whatnot. We'll see what happens there. But I hope Rudy still getting. Stays. Yeah, me too. Be we're, we're still being linked to like Declan Rice and players like Every that. Every club's linked so. to Declan Rice. Still, yeah. Yeah. I think West Ham. And he's got quite a few years left on his contract. So I reckon it was that'll safe. be a, a, bit, a bit too pricey, I think, for, for most clubs. I think the biggest club we'll see in terms of spending will be Newcastle again. Possibly, although I think City aren't out of the race to get Erling Haaland, it seems like so, and that will cost them sixty million. Sixty million, and then not too bad actually. Not too bad. bad, They've already bought. I can see them as well. You know, he looks very promising. Yeah, and I think a centre midfielder since Fernandinho is going to be leaving. I could see them splashing out on a player in that position. So. They'll get some changes. Liverpool, don't know how much Liverpool will do. I think their squad's pretty settled. and They've already upgraded, so yeah. not upgraded, but strengthened. be interesting to see yes. if Salah does leave, actually. That'll be, I suppose, the big question mark over Liverpool's transfer window, whether or not he signs a new contract. Or... When does it expire? Not this year. End of next season. So yeah, if they wanted to make money off him, they would have to sell him this summer, really. But he will be, what, 32 or something? He will be, but he's still worth a pretty penny, and I think there will definitely be suitors that will... Happily pay those pennies if if he is available. Yeah, for sure, he's one of the best in the in the world in his position. Mm. Should we move on to FA Cup? So we had clash of the titans, uh, Man City versus Liverpool yesterday. Ended three two, send Liverpool through to the finals. Man City looked a bit shocking. I think is a 
good word. Mm, first half they did. Second half they picked up a bit, but first half they were very poor. They made a lot of changes though from from midweek against Atletico. I think that game took a lot out of them. Quite a mm. mentally mm. exhausting performance, I think, for the city. Yeah, and they had Zach Stefan in goal, which you know. I to do his bed Edison impression. Yeah. yeah, when you want to play, you know, out from the back, you you can't do that unless you have the keeper who can actually do that. And mm. Stefan does not have that in his locker for sure. Um he looked very, very ropey at the start of the game. No, I mean, the second goal is entirely his fault. And I, I don't yeah. know, maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but I think he should save the third goal as well. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Think he's not guarding agree. his near post well enough there, personally. But even with without those sort of mistakes, Liverpool, you know, absolutely outclassy in the first half. And they yeah, look like sure. a very good team. I don't think they'll win the quadruple. I think I don't know one-off games, Champions League. I I still think City will win the league. To be honest, especially yep, now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, they have yeah, I think goal. if Liverpool beat them in the league, I think then it could be Liverpool's. But yeah, it's City is just going to pick up from where they left off. I think. I think the I think they'll react well and and come back together, especially when they have you know they have all their big players back, Kevin De Bruyne, Edison. You know, mm, go get Walker, all their starters Kyle back Walker. in the team and, and and be fine. I think so, but. It's disappointing for City, you know. They it did seem I don't know. I think they could they could have it won. It was the wrong team selection, sure. which obviously, you know, I don't want to tell Pep Guardiola how to manage, but it, it did seem like a, a strange decision to make that many changes for an FA Cup semi final. Yeah, for Maybe sure. he does sure. he does this in big games though, because he'd done this in the Champions League. He started without like a CDM, didn't he, in the Champions League last season against I don't Chelsea. think this one was a case of him overthinking it though. I think he just maybe he felt forced to do it with fitness, tiredness. Stick to issues. rotation, yeah. yeah. Perhaps he overrated. Yeah, it didn't go well. I do think Liverpool will get to the final of well, in the final of the FA Cup, aren't they? So they get to that final. Then if they'll get to the final of the Champions League, most likely, most well, probably. Mm. So it could the, be them against City. Yeah, yeah that'll mm. be a good game. Yeah, but I wouldn't also would not count out Madrid and, and Villarreal. Yeah, especially not Madrid. It's, it's in their DNA. Uh, Benzema as well seems determined to single-handedly win the Champions League this season. <laughs> I don't need Ronaldo. <laughs> he, no, he is Ballon d'Or contender for this year, I think, but for me. Yeah, for sure. I, He's definitely up there. People maybe argue Salah and Lewandowski, but for me, I think it's, it's been Benzema this season. Especially if Ramsey yeah. win it, then it's massively in his favour. That's normally how it works. And also, the got the second fin- semi-final was Chelsea Palace, which played a couple of hours ago. Chelsea won two nil. Loftus Cheek and Mount getting the goals. So yeah, pretty pretty comfortable really. Palace it was sort of tricky first half. Nothing really happened. Mm. Um, but then it sort of just felt like a matter of time till Chelsea would break them down. And then Ruben Loftus Cheek, who's having a bit of a resurgence this season. Again, a lot more game time, putting some some good performances. He did look good when he came yeah. on for sure. And I was glad he's because that was you know he was out for over a year. I think a lot of people forget, and that's a tough injury to come yeah. back. But it seems like now he's he's starting to hit those heights, and I think he's a player Tuchel really likes as well, and wants to seems mm, maybe well, a, a sort of pet him. project almost trying to get the best out of of Ruben. So do you I'm think he'll be in the World Cup squad? A bit too I, late, maybe. If he can keep up sort of the form he's in and. Obviously, injuries, I think, are the main concern with Ruben. But if you can stay injury-free, and I, I would take him. I wouldn't, he wouldn't be as a starter, but I think no, he's proven sure. himself to be very versatile as well. So he'd be a very useful player to have. Yeah, you, he, know, you can play he's actually done a good job. He played centre-back center back. a few times. He played wing-back. Right wing-back. So you can play more forward positions as well if you need him to. So I think he'll be a very useful player in the squad. But I think the, definitely... the competitiveness of the England squad at the moment is... Yeah, well, it's a good dynamic for Southgate to have. Dynamo. 
I mean, even from the Palace, Tyrant Mitchell, he seemed quite good in the game. Yeah, although it was his mistake that led to, the, to Chelsea's opening goal. Yeah, it's true. It wasn't know. coming, though. It was pretty inevitable it at was, that point. Was, First yeah. half, it was a little bit of a dull game. It was a bit of a... I think Palace matched Chelsea in the first half. The yeah, formation-wise and just mm. how it played out. Yeah, they seemed like they were going for the 1-0 victory, which you can't really blame them for. No. But, um, no. It didn't quite work out. But Chelsea played very well in the second half. Team of Werner and Mason Mount continue their, their very good form. The, the atmosphere yeah, so... looked banging as well. With, um, yeah, no, the, good, uh, good credit to the Palace fans. All the Palace fans. All the well, they did throw there. a few balloons on, at the start of the game. So That's all part of the fun, isn't yeah. it? I don't think they'll... He'll be allowing balloons again no, in, into Wembley. No, no. Too much disruption. But it was good for the atmosphere and big day for Palace. But, I mean, it's the third, I think. It's the third consecutive FA Cup final for Chelsea. I think saying like five out of the last six Chelsea have got. Yeah. Through, so yeah. Well, I was going to say much. about Palace, they, they seem to get quite far in the FA Cup quite often. Uh, well, not quite yeah, often. Not quite in often. the last maybe like five, six years or so, they, they seem to do quite well in a, in a cup team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I, Chelsea I, are arguably are the ultimate cup team now. <laughs> they seem to always Yeah, that is true. Doing well at the moment. But hopefully this time they can they can get the victory. And the games between yeah. sort of the sort of big sort of club clash between Chelsea, City and Liverpool. Anything those games have all been really good this season, so uh, it's a very tantalizing prospect. Definitely. Yeah, definitely yeah. watching that one. Mm. Who is your players of the week, guys? Let you go first, Toby. Okay, well I've gone for Christopher Mkuku. From Leipzig, oh, he's um, well, quite in form at the moment. In the Champions League, he's got eight goals in seven games. In the Bundesliga, he's got seventeen goals, twelve assists, and twenty-nine games. He's one of the most informed players uh, in Europe at the moment, and I reckon he'll go to some big club. Hopefully, United actually, but who knows? He, I really rate him. He's uh, he's got a good future ahead of him. No, yeah, no, he's a very good player. He had a great while. While Leipzig were in the Champions League, he was their best player. Got two goals against Atalanta. Yeah, got go. he's definitely the... Uh, and he's, he's so versatile as well. He can literally play anywhere from CDM to winger or striker. No, he's a very good player. So, he's, he's a very good player. Whoever gets him off Leipzig, probably Bayern Munich. That seems to be the, the natural sort of progression for Leipzig players <laughs> yeah. these days. But yeah. No, he's, I think he's, yeah, he's a very good choice. My player of the week, uh, I'm quite torn. I'm tempted to go for Modric just for that pass because it's so That's outrageous. Fair. I respect that. So I think I will have to, I will yeah, have to give it that. to him. But I, I, I'll, give a, well. I'll give a small shout out to, to Timo Werner for his, for his resurgence in form. But I think overall, I'll give it I'll give it to Luka Modric. Well, if there's any consolation, I gave it to Werner the week before. So no, He gets his credit then. He gets his credit. Yeah. Should we move on to the return of grass versus uh, gravel versus guest quiz hosted by toby yes so i've got five questions each i'm gonna offer the guest aaron would you like set a or set b i'll go set a i'll lay down marker okay okay fair enough okay question one deco left chelsea in 2010 to join which brazilian club Love Deco back in the day. Scored on his debut against Portsmouth. He was one of the real, real technical players, beautiful right. players to watch. Where did he go afterwards? Was it twenty ten? Which Brazilian club did he join? I'll go, uh, I'll go for the, one of the classics. I'll go for Flamengo. I'm afraid it's Fluminense. Oh, you're very close. Oh. Not quite. 
the the theme is sort of Chelsea for this one, particularly Deco. Um, this is a Deco question. <laughs> Deco moved to Barcelona in the summer of 2004 for 18 million. Uh, the questions are in relation to the signings made by Barcelona in that window. So, what African did they, they sign? Tangentially Chelsea related. Okay, that's very yeah, kind of a loose. Uh, uh, what African did they sign in that window? Uh, in what was this? Two thousand four. Yes, two thousand four. Which African player? I mean, I got more to the question, but it might give it away. I'll give you a clue. He also played for Real Madrid early in his career and Mallorca. Two thousand and four. Samuel Eto'o, two thousand and four. I'm going to go with Samuel Eto'o. The answer is Samuel Eto'o. Yes. He went on to win the Champions League with Inter Milan mm-hmm. in 09. Very good player back in the day. Absolutely. Uh, okay, question three. 19-year-old French international Eduardo Camavinga was signed by Real Madrid from which club? Uh, ben. Full name, please. Full name of Ben. What are you having a laugh? <laughs> oh, you got it wrong, mate, I'm afraid. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's Stad René. Like, oh come on! They're different clubs. Yeah, They're different clubs. They're definitely different oh, clubs. Oh, that <laughs> okay. Uh, Just my lack of next. French knowledge. That is morning. I knew the club. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Playing black and in... red. I can give you the kit. Does that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is true. Actually, yeah. I think both teams playing black and red. When playing, I think I remember you know RC Ren, isn't it? The other one was it that Lons? I can't remember. That's Lons. That's Lons. Who's they all sound the same in France. Uh, uh, I only got a C in GCSE French. Bro. <laughs> Not my specialist. Uh, okay, next one. Who was England's youngest debutant? And I'll give you an extra point if you give me the year that he made his debut. England's youngest debutant of all time? Uh, I believe so. Uh, is this, are you sure this is a Chelsea-related quiz? No, this this started for Chelsea. One on Chelsea question. <laughs> um... Oh, English singers ever play this other thing, sort of thing. So I'm thinking either I feel Walker was very young, but I don't think he actually played when he went to the World Cup, so it won't be him. Rooney, possibly. Is that your answer? I'm gonna go yeah, I'll go Rooney. Uh, what year as well? Oh pff, that's a bit Just take a start. Dark. I'll go what was he? He had a breakout in two thousand and four, didn't he, at the Euros. So I'll go two thousand and three. Okay, I'm afraid you're incorrect on both answers there. Yeah. It was actually Theo Walcott, like oh, you first okay. said, and it was in 2006, at the age of 17 years and 75 days. Fair play, fair play. Fair play to that. I think it was at Southampton at the time. Okay, last question. Who was the first football player to be knighted? Did you want a clue? Matt Busby? No. It's Sir Stanley Matthews. Ah. That was a tricky one. That was a bit of an old one. Okay, well, it's a tough quiz. You got one. Tough. <laughs> I would argue two. I feel like I should go, I don't know. Well, but I'll, I'll accept the one. Okay, okay. We'll see what Joe does. Yeah. Okay, are you ready, Joe? Yes. If these are all Chelsea questions, I'm going to... <laughs> you chose the wrong set, mate. <laughs> uh, no, set B, here we go. Uh, when Deco moved to Europe in 97, he signed for which Portuguese team for 3.6 million? Pounds. What was it? Benfica? Is that your final answer? Yes. The answer is Benfica. He's actually more famous for oh. when he went to Porto, but he first signed for Benfica. Did you know that, Joe? Was that a guess? That was a guess. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, next question. 
which Dutch player? Oh, sorry, this is in relation to the uh, the Barcelona window of two thousand four. Um, which Dutch player did they sign on a free transfer? Who this guy now is managing a British club at the moment? Oh, I know the answer to that one. <laughs> the wrong set, mate. Um, I don't know. I steal I'd it. Be able to um, you can steal it. Van 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 Kerst. It is Van Van Kerst. There's your two points, mate. There's your two points. So this might be a tricky one. Well, I think Aaron might know this. Okay, Barcelona's Pedri, who was 19 years old when he signed... uh, He's 19 now, rather. Signed for Barcelona from what club? In 2019, for £15 million. Uh, So who did they sign Pedri from? I don't know. Gonna take a guess at Man City. No, Pedri was signed from Las Palmas. Oh, sorry, Aaron. Did you know that? I did not know that. Oh, okay. That's a tricky. One. <laughs> Who has the most amount of caps for England? Most. And I'll give you an extra point for if you can name the caps. How many? I think so I know this one. Amount. Oh, he did pick the wrong set. <laughs> Is it Rooney? How many caps? I'm going to go for 159. I'm afraid you're incorrect on both answers. Aaron, do you know this? Uh, I think it's Peter Shilton. I think the numbers that Joe said probably not too far off, though. Um, it's quite a round number. Is it one? Is it 150 on the dot? No. Well, it's round and not really round. It's 125. Ah, oh, okay. Fair. It is Peter Shilton, isn't it? It is Peter Shilton, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. So... Your last question, Joe. Ronaldo, i.e. Brazilian Ronaldo, is the owner of what Spanish club? I think this is one, if you know it, you know it. If you don't, you don't. Okay, I don't heard know. he owned a club, but I can't remember. I heard he owned this. one, but I don't yeah. know which one. It's I'm Real. Guess... That helps. Real. Madrid. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It's Real Valladolid, who I believe are in the second division. Why should I guess that? Big Ronaldo is your boss. So. Yeah, that'd be quite quite terrifying. Yeah. Especially if you're not very good at scoring. So that is the end of the quiz. Aaron wins with three points to two. Well done, Aaron. Very good, very good. I feel I was misled about this being a Chelsea quiz, but sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was I, I was definitely misled. I wrote it like a week ago. So when I was reading through the questions just now, I was like, oh, it's Chelsea. And I was, oh, you no, saw no, one Chelsea question. Yeah, well. <laughs> Barely. Well, I don't think there was any Chelsea questions in yours, Joe. No. No, that's true. Yeah. Well, De- no, uh, Deco's previous club, I don't think that is. <laughs> you got a stretch there. <laughs> no, that was a bit of a stretch. But no, good quiz, Sorry. regardless of the, the false advertising behind it. Yeah, made you think. Thank you. More ways than one. I think overall that is free one to the guest. So not uh, great question. Oh, I think you should no. be docked a point as well because you didn't know Spain won the World Cup on last week's episode. Look, let's not you know go back to old episodes. That, that, that and... doesn't count. It's yeah. not part of this. Yeah, there was just, no guest. I was. I was. I was that was shock. a warm up. The friendly. <laughs> Do you know what? It's, it's because I remember Shabalaba's um, opening goal. Great goal. Which was. The most amazing goal I've ever seen. And after that, I turned the TV off and said, life cannot get better than that. Uh-huh. So I'd never actually watch the actual World Cup. 
It was a pretty poor World Cup actually mm. in terms of quality yeah. of games. But for all I know, South Africa won that. Ah. You keep believing that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that leads us to the end of our podcast. Please like and subscribe, and get in contact with us on our socials. Twitter is at the Pitchsider. Facebook and Instagram is at the Grass and Gravel Podcast, or by email is at the grass and gravel podcast at gmail.com with any comments or questions you may have and we may feature them in the next episode thanks for joining us aaron thank you always welcome back again and uh thank you toby for joining me once again you're welcome mate and uh thanks to you the listener and goodbye